This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon, a unique blend of hunting, fishing, wildlife conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions. Taurus, award hunting pistol okay. and revolver. Bossburg, American built, American strong. Habit, our gear, good Mr. Editor, this is gonna be an interview with Miss Linda Powell with Mossberg. And uh, I'm not sure where all we're gonna go, but uh, just kind of follow along if you will, and uh, we'll go from there. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, or late afternoon or midday, <laughs> whatever time it is that you might happen to listen to this particular podcast. Our campfire today is from a camp, absolutely a fabulous camp up in far northern Alberta. And I've got Miss Linda Powell with me, who's with Mossberg. And beyond that, more importantly, as far as I'm concerned, a dear friend of many, many years That's kind right. of thing. That's so, right. Exactly where are we, Linda? We're in High Level. Uh, high Level. High Level, which uh, is, I think, about the last community before you get up near the Northwest Territories. Really? Yes. I knew we were a long way up here. Yes. Yeah. Now, this is not, and I want to talk a little bit later on about some of the hunts that you've been on, but this is not your first time in this camp. Oh, no. This is like my second home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the first time was 2004. Yes, ma'am. I, I came up. We were going to do a, a TV hunt, and uh, I fell in love with the outfitter, Wally, and his family and the camp. And I've been passionate about bears since I started hunting. <laughs> and I had never been anywhere where I'd seen bears of, of this size. I've hunted bear a long time as well, too. I, I shot my first one. I can't remember how many years ago, but it was in New Mexico sitting around a water hole. I was there with my dad and my cousin. We were getting ready to run dogs on bear right next to the Mescalera Patch Reservation. But And I've hunted bear pretty much across North America. I've never been on a property where 
I felt the bears were as big as what they are here and what we're taking are proving that to a point. I mean, to to an extremely strong point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think it's just such a large density of bears. I mean, how many hunts have you gone on where you see a few bears? Right. Uh, it's not uncommon to see many bears every night here. I mean, we had one of the other hunters with us had eight or nine different bears in at the same time. Uh, I've sat up here many a time and had that many bears. And I go, I can go on a hunt for a week and not see eight bears, you know? <laughs> well, with me, it's been a little bit different this time, but I've been hunting specific bears, yes. specifically big bears. A lot of time, uh, a bear bait will be taken over by those right. kind of animals. And I think that's what's happened because uh, we'll relate this a little bit later on, but uh, last night where I sat, there were not hardly, there were, there was one bear. Right, yeah. And he had pretty much taken over and I'm gonna spend what little time we got left hunting here for that particular bear. Well, when I could tell your excitement <laughs> when you came back last night and hadn't seen that bear, or at least a glimpse of him. I, I saw enough of him to know that he is an absolute monster. So it's one of those hoping and praying, let's see what well, happens. Well, I think that's kind of fun to, to know that you're pursuing that, that one bear it and you, you wait and, you know, just... Uh, Hope that you can outweigh him, and he, or he makes a mistake and comes in a little early. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping will happen right there. Tell me a little bit. Of, you started coming up here, and you fell in love with the people in the camp, oh. obviously, and the, and the yes. size of the bear. But over the years, you've had numerous writers, and that's what you've been doing the last several years. Is, right. is uh, That's where we kind of met was when you were with Remington a long time ago. Yeah. But you've brought some most interesting writers up here, including a, a dear old friend, a mutual friend of ours, Jim Zumbo. Yes. Now, when I was getting ready to come up here, he said, now, you're going to talk to Linda about a lot of things, aren't you? And I said, absolutely. He said, she needs to tell you about the bears that uh, with the cubs. Oh. He would not elaborate. He said, oh. Linda needs to tell you that story, <laughs> not me. So if, if you don't mind, please. No, it was one year that we were actually filming for his TV show. And uh, his cameraman and I went in. We were set up on a bait. And we'd been sitting a, a good 45 minutes or so. And, you know, not, not hearing or seeing anything. And. This one bear came in and started feeding and still just, you know, it was a, it was a decent bear, but not one I was really thinking about right. shooting. And one of the things, too, when you're when you're up here, uh, baited hunt, if you don't know, gives you the opportunity to really not only size up a bear, but determine whether it's a boar or a sow, because we're really trying to take the big old boars. Exactly. But we've been sitting there, and then all of a sudden I heard this little... <laughs> <laughs> And in the tree that's probably not more than 10 feet in front of me come down two little cubs. And I'm talking about this year cubs. Oh, no. Look about the size of football. I mean, it was like the most exciting thing. And then also all of a sudden, I, I understand the reality. The, re the reality, the realization <laughs> that uh, cubs mama, mama. summer. <laughs> right. You know, at first I was like doing the typical touristy thing. I was snapping photos and right. thinking, how cool is this? And of course, that movement and everything was kind of attracted to mom. And oh, yes. I realized, okay. But we stayed in there that whole evening and, you know, the cubs would come down and they'd feed and they were playing and it was great. Another bear would come in. And if you're talking about, you have never seen anything as ferocious as a mama bear. Oh, absolutely. She would chase off bears, you know, much bigger than her. And every time she'd send those bears, the little ones, Back up, up the, the tree. tree. And you're just praying that she does not send them up your tree. <laughs> but it was like one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. But also when you realize it's a little unnerving, when you see the power and the force 
that uh, that mama bear had. Yes. I, I know I did not want to come between her and her babies. <laughs> <laughs> I had an experience in Maine several years ago, and I, I'll relate some other time, but end product was the flintlock didn't work. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and I didn't need it on her, thankfully, but I sure thought I was going to. But finally, that cub that was messing with me walked away toward where she, toward, kind of toward where she was. Yep. She reached in very, what looked almost gingerly, but swatted that little <laughs> little rascal about 30, 40 feet out in the bushes, you know, yep. and then went and got him kind of thing. So, But yeah, to me, the bear hunting is an absolute thrill. I, I love watching the bears. Oh. It's a, I've hunted them every way you can, from calling them with a call to okay. running them with dogs to spotting dogs, sitting on water holes, sitting, you know, on baited areas. Yeah. But they're a fascinating animal, and they're so fascinating to watch as far as I'm concerned. They are. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, but once you bring them up here and they have the experience, uh, you know, uh, everybody always says they want to come back. When you have the opportunity to actually be in, in their home, their den, and sit and observe them and watch them, you realize what amazing creatures they really are. They really are in the in the habitat that they live in. Yeah. And of course, a lot of times, too, there's something going on all the time. There's squirrels, there's chipmunks, there's oh, yeah. birds, there's all kinds of things. So there's never a lack of being entertained. And, and if you get to that point, you can do like I did one evening and started counting the leaves <laughs> on the tree, you know, kind of thing. But I've never been that bored. <laughs> I, honestly, I wasn't that bored, but I got to thinking about what can I, how can I present this? So I, I, I counted several of them and I did exactly what to determine how many tree, how many leaves there were on the trees that I could see. And it was like 1,800,000, 600, 867,000 leaves yeah. on the tree, but I did that very quickly, so right. <laughs> it wasn't like an afternoon <laughs> event, because there are, there, there's always, I mean, the squirrels are absolutely a blast to watch, they and then are. you've got little birds that keep coming in, flying through, and, yeah. and, and then, you, of course, you're always looking at any kind of any sign of black. Oh, yeah. Or any snap. Or, or any snap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like. But it's amazing to me. We talk about that. You know, if a bear wants you to know they're coming in, you're going to hear them. Yeah. They'll, you know, they'll step on a branch or whatever. But I've been amazed at how often they come in and you hear nothing. And all of a sudden they're there and you're like. Poof. They come yes. out of the ground. Yes. How did that happen? <laughs> I have no idea. And it's usually the bigger bears yes. that do that yeah. to, to where they kind of really slip in. And the one that last night, he never made a sound. Right. And I, I could see where he was walking and he was walking where there were leaves and how that bear of that size could move and just never even hear the crinkle of a leaf and it was that quiet last yeah. night too so you're hunting with a uh, 450 bushmaster yes. this time yes tell me a little bit about that particular gun and we'll talk about some of the other guns sure. too i've gotten to be very enamored with your rifles by the way yeah well with the, the platform I have is in our Patriot line. Right. Uh, it's the Predator version. So the primary features of that is a little bit shorter. They tend to have the right. shorter barrels. Uh, Picatinny rail, so it's easy to throw an optic on there. They're all threaded. Mm -hmm. So if you choose to use a brake or suppressor, you have that option. Um, nice kind of large bolt handle, which is kind of great for operating. Yes. The adjustable trigger. Um, oh, man. You know, which is, is really nice. I mean, it comes from the factory at around three pounds, but you have that range of, uh, you know, three to seven pounds, so you can set it. Um, you know, it's just to me, I like, for this particular hunting, it's, it's a good brush gun, even though we're not physically going through the no, brush. No, no. 
I'm not particularly tall either, so when I <laughs> in case in case no one noticed, but uh, well, I'm, I'm, I know, I know. <laughs> Thank bit, you, Larry, so for getting so down to my I level. So that I don't but, um, you know, it's nice for me, like, carrying it through the woods and everything yes. else. God, now i got a barrel way up here. Uh, it's just, you know, in my mind, kind of just the perfect bear gun. Well, it is. And I love the sharp barrels, quite frankly, because yeah. if I'm going to carry it on my shoulder, I don't want it any higher than what my head is. Right. Because that way I can maneuver around. And yet, if I take it off my shoulder, I want to be able to hold it here so I'm not dragging it on the ground or yeah. poking, it, poking it in the ground. And particularly with those kind of, uh, with that particular round, you don't really need a 26-inch barrel. No, not, at, not at all. I mean, you know, we're talking about here, it's, uh, you know, pretty close game. But I also, one of the things that I've done, as much as I love bear hunting, you know, like you, I've tried hunting them every way right, you can. Exactly. But I also have enjoyed using different firearms. Yes. So I've done everything from slugs and muzzle loaders to, you know, 30-30 <laughs> lever and centerfire. And last year was the first time I used the 450 um, on bears and big bears up here. And it was so decisive in the way yes. it just put them down that I kind of, my mind now, think, have I found what I consider the the perfect bear gun? Maybe. But I, well, well, you got to keep looking. <laughs> but I still like to keep looking. <laughs> yeah, I, I was very, like I said, I've become very enamored with your rifles because I love the trigger. Yeah. I love the weight of them. But as much as anything, I love the accuracy, and then they're at a affordable price. It's yeah. it's the guns that y'all are producing are to me like semi custom guns, and you're getting them for a song compared to what you well, would be doing. And that's that. one of the things you know that I really admire and love about Mossberg because even from the beginning, uh, Oscar Mossberg, Moss, who founded the company. He and his sons said that they wanted to produce affordable firearms so that everyone could enjoy the hunting and shooting sports. But when you say affordable, sometimes people think cheap, and that's not the case. No, With no, no, today's no, 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 manufacturing, no. we're able to really pack in a lot of features, oh as God, you said. Yes. You know, I've had people see me at the range and assume you're shooting a high-end custom gun and go, that's a Mossberg? And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's a Mossberg. That's a Mossberg. <laughs> and you're not going to break the bank. And, you know, as I tell people, um, you know, it gives you more money to put in your optics and some of your other gear. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And you're not. Or, or spend on a hunting trip. Uh, yeah. That's exactly and, right. You know, one of the things I've noticed about, I've got uh, the, the ones I'm shooting right now. This hunt, I'm using the 7PRC, yep. uh, MMPRC, but I've got a 270 and 30-06. And one of the things I like about those is I love blued steel and wood. Yeah. And for a supposedly plain Jane stock, I've paid lots of money for <laughs> wood that doesn't look as good as what you yeah. guys have on that. But what I really like about that, they, they look good, they're extremely accurate, and there's something about your barrels. They're very, very forgiving in terms of, so very often you'll have a gun that likes a, a, a one, say one it's a 270, yep. it, it wants a 130 grain, it wants it to go at 2,872 feet per second. <laughs> Any variation thereof, it's not going to shoot as accurately. And right. yet your guns, I've run a whole lot of horny loads through it and, and some others that I had just yep. for the, the heck to see what would happen. And even though they may not group, they may not print the same place, right. the group sizes are always at least one and a half inches or less. Yeah. And in most instances, a whole lot less than that. And they'll be here, 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 and to the point to where if I were on a hunt and I lost my ammo, 
at 100 yards, I would have no qualms about taking anybody's ammo and putting it in there, and I knew that I could kill a deer at least at 100 yards. Very good point. Farther than that if I needed to. And, you know, I've had the experience. I've been with Mossberg now for 12 years. Right. So I do a lot of these media hunts, and every time it's like, Here's another rifle. You know, here's another gun to take out the field. Yeah. So I'm not using the same one over no, and over no, no, again. No, 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 no. So I've had my hands on a lot of our different products. And what you just said, I, the consistency is what I see over and over yes. and over again. And I don't have any problem saying to you, I'm not going to worry about the accuracy of this rifle no. when I give it to you. No, 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 no. That's, that's where I think we really have uh, expertise. You, you do. It, it, it's amazing because you think of these days, you know, the long-term, long-range craze and all that, you have to have a custom rifle, you have to have a custom barrel, you have to have, and you kind of have a custom trigger right. when you get right down to right. what you guys are doing. But these rifles are very affordable and to the point to where I'm going to go buy some more. And I'm, I've got a I want one of the like you do, right? <laughs> yeah. I want that for fifty. I really want to play with it. It's, I'll make you a deal of it. Yeah, we, we will talk when this is over with. <laughs> because I think I, I do a lot of hog hunting as well too, and of course I love bear hunting. And, yeah. and even a lot of times I'm thinking that would be the perfect rifle to have in a rattling situation where oh, yeah. we're hunting close range with white-tailed deer in, in yeah. relatively close cover. Right. And to me, with that short barrel again, oh, yeah. the maneuverability of it, and again, what y'all shoot here the accuracy on those are just phenomenal yeah. as well too so uh hmm. you know i think i gotta i'm gonna have to I'm, i need one <laughs> i stalk myself into it by <laughs> miss linda how did you get into hunting i know that you've got a different background i'm so thrilled pleased all those other kind of things <laughs> that you're involved in hunting but how in the world did you get into all well I, I do not have a typical story by any means you know i pretty much grew up a, a city girl uh, didn't do much in the outdoors. I uh, kind of did the normal course. You know, I went to school, got right. married, had a kid, and kind of reached a point in my life where I just was looking for something else. You know, I wasn't feeling like I was really fulfilled in my career. Right. And I just started, you know, interviewing for different jobs. And at the time, uh, Remington moved yes. their worldwide corporate headquarters to a little town just north of me. Oh, that's right. They did. Yeah. And so I went to interview for a job. I was just thinking, I wasn't thinking about this industry. I was just thinking a large corporation. Right. I'll get my foot in the door. Surely there'll be some room for yes, growth. Yes, yes, And so I, I actually got hired in the, the PR, the marketing department. Yes. And at the time as the administrative assistant. And it's kind of funny now when I think back, I had never shot a gun. Other than a BB gun maybe as a kid. Right. I never shot uh, a gun. I didn't know the difference between a rifle and a shotgun. And so we're talking about starting at the bottom. And honestly, uh, the first probably six to nine months on the job, when I would drive home at night, I'd be like, I'm never going to get this. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it was so overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. Like learning a foreign language. There was right. so much. And then all of a sudden it started clicking, you know, and then I'm really fortunate. The guys in the office, my job was an office job, but the guys in the office said, do you want to learn to shoot? And I'm like, sure. Well, of course. Yeah. Yes. I'm working for a gun company. So they got me out to the range, and we shot some different guns. And uh, a little bit later, they said, do you want to try hunting? And I had a biology background. I kind of went the route of medical in right, my earlier right. career. So, I mean, I understood wildlife management and why it was necessary. And I said, yeah, I think I'm, I'm game to try it. And so, but this will show you how naive. <laughs> the first hunt that they set me up on was a bear hunt. 
with a muzzle loader. I mean, let's let's make it easier for her, right? <laughs> well, that kind of goes back to the basic, basic, basic. Well, but yeah, it, but, but it wasn't a flintlock. No, no. <laughs> but I will say, don't most people start like with squirrels or rabbits right. or maybe a white tail or a yeah. turkey? But no, let's go right for bears. But I went up to Maine on that first hunt, and I got a bear. And, and still now, then we're talking about 27 years or so ago. 20, but I can still tell you how vivid that memory was. When I walked up to that bear and saw it laying on the ground, the very first thought in my mind was, I'm a hunter now, and my life has changed. But I had no clue what that you meant did, at the moment. To <laughs> what extent that was going to go? <laughs> no. And, and, you know, I, I kind of, it was another year before I did another hunt. Right. And I went back to Maine to that same camp, took a second bear with the same muzzle loader. And then from there, it just progressed. I mean, I started hunting a little bit more. And, and my career-wise, I moved up in the company and... Uh, when people see me now and I tell them what I do and we start talking about hunting and the depth of what I've been able to do. If anybody had told me that some 20 plus years ago, I never can imagine how my life really did change. And it's been incredible, uh, just the experiences that I've had. And all thanks to, you know, the hunting and the shooting sports. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, to me, hunting and Hunting in the outdoors is life, as far as I'm concerned, well, that's, in so many different ways. I think that's what's interesting. You know, I, I have a, I have friends. Obviously, you have friends right. from when you, you're growing up, you know, the, you know, uh, outside of this world. But what I've found now is my closest bonds are with people in this industry. Because once you share time with people out in the field, hunting, shooting, fishing, whatever you're doing, time out in the field, creates a special bond. It creates a special bond. And I always always say that you can learn more about a person in a hunting camp spending three to four days oh, with yeah. them than you might even spend in spend a lifetime with them. Yeah, I agree. And uh, to me, that's, I love people. I, I, I get tickled because years ago, I went and worked kind of out of Texas A&M for a while. I got to counsel a lot of students and kids would come to me. And I, first question that I asked them, they're wildlife. What do you want to be in wildlife? Well, I don't like people. Uh, and so I'd go, <laughs> Nobody was there. And I go, sir, would you come over here? Uh, sir, please come over here. You know, and, and magic. I said, somebody needs to get this person onto another, you know, course of studies yes. kind of thing. Because yes. in the wildlife field, whether it's involved, such as what you are, or in the management, it's 90% or more people, people. that you do. You know, and, yes. and maybe that 5 or 10% that you actually get to do wildlife work. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, you can. You can learn so much about a person in a hunting camp. Oh, yeah. And a, particularly in a situation when times are tough when you know the animals aren't moving real well and, right. and you'll learn very quickly as as a whole the hunters are the most pleasant the best oh. bestest people there are in the world to be around yeah. but you can also pick out those people like i want to go on another hunt with that person yeah. i want to go on another hunt with that person just simply how they act right. and how they carry themselves in those hunting type situations yeah Mossberg has been around since 1919. 19. That was the year my dad was born, and I remembered that from, yeah. from, from. Now there was a while. This is kind of off the subject totally. You, you've also produced shotguns, obviously. Oh and I, yeah. <laughs> when I was into turkey hunting years ago, I had a Model Eight. 835 that oh, yes, sir. Wayne Fears and I carried around all over where there was turkeys, you know, chasing and using took many, many turkeys with it. Y'all also for a while produced and you still do the Maverick line. Correct. And at one time that was produced just outside of Eagle Pass. It is. And it still is. It is. In fact, 
We're probably talking about 95% of our production now is in Eagle Pass, Texas. Really? Over time, the original headquarters is still up in Connecticut. Right. That's yes, where it was founded, and the family's still there. And, and I think there's a real sense of loyalty to keeping a percentage of the company there yes, uh, because we have be. some multi-generational employees. I mean, <laughs> you know, but, you know, Texas is such a gun-friendly state <laughs> and uh, we have wow. over time, you know, we opened that facility. Gosh, I want to say, I, don't hold me to this, but I think it was around 89. It was it, it was in the late 80s. Yeah, That's and what I we've expanded and <clears throat> we now, <clears throat> excuse me, we now have, like I said, the majority of our uh, production there. Really? Yeah. I was not, I, I, I needed, it was there, but yeah. I didn't know to what extent it was oh, still yeah. there. So I'm thrilled to hear that. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, those the, are good shotguns. The too, rifles come out of there. The shotguns come out oh, of the there. Rifles yeah, do. Uh, absolutely. So we, we do limited work up in Connecticut. Most things are assembled and, and built and everything done down in Texas now. How absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Wow. I'll, right in your backyard no, almost. No, 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 I, got a, I know for sure that I got another thing I really like yeah. about Mossberg. American made. American made. And to Texas me. Made. And, 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 and well, you know, you can travel the world and if somebody's from Texas and you run into somebody that says, Where are you from? You're never from the USA, you're never from here. If you're from Texas, you're from Texas. Yes. You know, and I, that's one of the things I do and I am from Texas and I'm very proud of that fact. Of the hunts that you've done, and and, and 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 I know you've hunted with some absolutely fantastic people over the years, yeah. and you and Jim Zumbo, you spent a lot of time Oh, yeah, together. one of my best friends. And I miss that old sorry rascal tremendously. I wish he were here in I, camp. I, I know. I thought about that. I'd love to have shared this uh, one with him, too. We'll, we'll find one. Yeah. We'll, we'll go to Texas, by golly, <laughs> there and get, you go. him, get him down there. But you dealt with so many different other really good writers, yeah. and we've got two writers here in camp. We've got several writers here in camp, but... Uh, Will Brantley and uh, David Draper. I'm an old school writer. I've been around for a long time. I sold my first magazine article nationally in 1970. So that's 53 years a couple, ago. A couple years ago. <laughs> which is a longer time ago than both of these guys have been alive. Yeah. Kind of but, you know, there was a time that I was really concerned about our our great heritage right. and we'll always continue to be that way because sure. there's always challenges but with guys like those two guys and some of these other guys we have in camp I feel so much better than I have in a long time because of the quality of the writing that yeah. they do and how they handle themselves yeah. oh. they're true gentlemen on top of everything else. that to me is, is also important I agree with you and, and they're passionate you know and I love sharing time with people like that I mean yes. you know and, and, and like you I'm encouraged I'm kind of in that upper tier, older tier now, no, and no, you, you, you know, you want to know that, you know, we're going to be handing it off to somebody yeah. else and, and they're going to take care of this passion and tradition of hunting and shooting that we love. And, and we're, we've got some good people coming up. We do. Having dealt with so many different writers and different publications and things have changed over the years. I get tickled because somebody says, when you got started writing, Larry, what did you, what did you use? And I says, oh, I used a, a big, a red chief, big tablet. And they go, they had tablets in those days? <laughs> Not that go, kind of tablet. Well, this was an eight by about eight and a half by maybe 11 and a half, you know, that long you, writer. Yeah. And then I'd go back and find my manual typewriter and I'd type, and then you had to have white out oh, so yeah. you could clean up all the mistakes. And it's it's in photography. I mean, oh. my gosh, when I started out, you took your 35 millimeter, as much film as they would allow you to carry, both right. black and white in in. Fujicrome, we'll color from the slide. And you, if you got 
out of a roll of our four rolls of 36. You've got five or six usable Your fingers photos. Crossed, right? <laughs> and now, of course, now with the digital things, no, don't like that. Let's yeah. delete that. Move the angle kind of thing. Yeah. It's got that part of it's gotten easier kind of oh, thing. Oh, it has and, surely. Yeah. And and thankfully so. And it's it's made to where also these days. I'm involved in all kinds of different regimens, if you will. Right. And I think that's also very, very important. With and there's something I've been yeah. with these guys with, and they yeah. do the same thing. I mean, they're doing, they're doing TV stuff, they're doing podcasts, they're doing this, they're doing that, and and I think that's really important kind of thing. And we need to do more of that too. Oh, absolutely. To really, I think, and, and never forget the basics. Uh, I've made a statement numerous times over the years. I, I make a living teaching people what they already know. Right. But they haven't, maybe they haven't thought about it and that kind of thing. So getting off the subject here, but uh, let's go back to hunting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've hunted now pretty much all over the world. Yes. I'm I, sure yeah. there's some areas. Oh, that, yeah. There's still a list of places. Yeah, well, but yeah, yeah No, yeah. I've been very fortunate. I've, I've had a lot of incredible opportunities. What's your favorite? Oh, you, my, Are, my favorite thing to hunt? Yes. Well, we're right doing it right That's now. That's what I Bears. thought. <laughs> you know, I, like I said, I got a late start in life, but I've sure tried hard to make up for it. I, I'd have to count, but I'm probably, this is maybe like my 35th bear hunt. Bear hunt. Yeah. And, uh, and it never grows old. No. You know, it's amazing. When we were sitting there, I, the first night I had a sit where, very unusual, I saw nothing. That's That was me the first and night. And that's okay. So then the next night when I did see a bear, that feeling inside of here, <laughs> that rush, I'm like, God, I'm so it's excited. Kind of <laughs> I'm so excited. I still feel that, though. And, you know, I, I hope I never lose that. I, mean, I don't think you will. I don't care whether it's a bear this big or one this big. When I see that first one, I go, oh, my gosh, that's why I'm here. You know, I'm so excited. Uh, and and that's just part of the thrill of it, you know. And and I wonder why the obsession. I kind of, I'm sure there's a connection because that was my very first hunt. That certainly had probably I, something that had to do with to do, it. But yeah. I also go back to my childhood. When I grew up in North Carolina, and my family vacationed in the Smoky Mountains. Oh, yes. And at the time, there were no highways. It was a little two-lane road that weaved up through the mountains. And I can still rem remember my sister and I in the back of the station wagon, glued to the windows, watching for bears along that road and we saw quite a few because i mean like again it was a lot of traffic and anything else and that was the highlight for me as a kid waiting to go see the bears up in the mountains and i'll even say this when i got married and my husband and, and i was in college so we didn't have a lot of money or right. anything and he's like where do you want to go and i'm like i want to go up to the mountains and see the bears, see the bears. <laughs> i love it i love it so there's always been that attraction i just never knew that I never even envisioned myself hunting them and how much I would fall in love with them and, you know, just... To me, they're such it. a fascinating animal. It's yeah. one of my favorite. Um, yeah. uh, I go back, and I think it has more seasonal with me if it's in the springtime. Somebody yeah. asks, what's the favorite thing? It is black bear. Right. No, no question. Yeah. In the fall, yeah, it's white-tailed mule, white yeah. white <laughs> mule deer. I love hunting mule deer, too. There's yeah, nothing more majestic than oh. a 30-inch mule deer that's standing on a ridge, yeah. and he turns his head. He doesn't turn his head. The world revolves down yeah. underneath kind of thing. So I'm with you on that. I have great admiration for Muley, but I love Whitetail, of course, too. Yeah. So after Black Bear. Well, that, you know, it's tough because I think, and that goes back, since everything for so long was new to me, I didn't grow up doing it. I fell in love with everything. Turkeys, I've really become passionate about. Um, you know, and I think that's part of that, you know, spring and coming alive and getting back out in the woods. And, man, you hear turkeys gobble. And uh, I'm a big fan of Western big game, though, so elk and mule deer like you. Yes. And being from the East Coast, just to go out and see the country. But 
there's something to me very fascinating about you know elk and mule deer. There is. With me, it's it's the country, and it, yeah. I, I grew up hunting whitetails. When I started hunting whitetails, we we didn't have very many of them, but by God, you hunted them. And the mule deer thing, just I had cousins and, and friends of family that would go to Colorado, and they'd bring back these huge racks of mule deer, and oh my God, that was that's where my fascination with them became. And then I started, actually got to hunt them, and I realized yeah. how tough the country can be, how more unbelievably beautiful the country is that right. they live in. And, and so it was a culmination. Of, of several different factors there that I think, and then with the whitetail, they're just one of those things that every time you think you get a big old buck figured out, it's not teaching you lesson, you know. No, but I remember. But bears are doing the same thing to yeah. me here. So. Well, we have another thing we like both like too. We talked about going after that. And I always cows, deer, coos, deer, whichever. Ooh, it. ooh, ooh, ooh. That's I, that's my that that honestly is probably my favorite. Hunt. That is that is one that has truly grown on me. I mean, I. I done a few in the earlier years but i almost try to go every year now because i have just almost become obsessed with them as well it's just the country they live in picking them out spotting them i mean it's a game really it, it is a game it, yeah. it, it truly is a game and for somebody that's never hunted them you know i've brought back some just yeah 100 point 90 point deer and yeah. just absolutely thrilling the guy looks at looks at him on the wall and says, what are you doing with that little white tail and yeah. i said <sighs> You have no idea. No, exactly. <laughs> and there's no way that I can truly explain it to you. No. With me, it came with the particular with the cows deer. It goes back to the years when I was a little kid reading Jack O'Connor, quite right. frankly, and and uh, him saying that that's probably the most important game animal in North America, as far as he was concerned, right. way back when. But again, too, I've always been drawn to the high deserts. Yes. In that high desert country that you're hunting with. Yeah. Our mutual friend yeah. down there. Yeah, Mr. And, Jaycox, uh, yeah. With Ted Jaycox. And some of the country that Ted hunts is <sighs> absolutely gorgeous in its own way. Yeah. And most people look at it and go, there's cactus and thorns and what lives there? Jackrabbits and <laughs> rattlesnakes? You know well, yeah. Right, but... Right, yeah but, but no more importantly than oh. those they do. Yeah. And I, there, there are times I've, I've hunted out there, I hunted some of the same country that Jack O'Connor did, and they ended oh, up right. killing the coos deer there. Yeah. And a lot of times I was hunting so high up, I was looking down on desert bighorn sheep. Wow. <laughs> so, and, and particularly where we're hunting individual bucks that we knew about, they're yeah. hunting in the high country. So you're up in some of the highest country and, yes. and uh, just unbelievable game animal. If you never hunted them, and then you too have hunted the little fantail or the little carmenensis deer yes, in I Texas. Have. Yeah, sure have. Yeah, so uh, very, very comparable. Um, you know, as far as the, the style of hunting and everything right. else. And, and uh, yeah, it's uh, that part of, actually, that part, West Texas there is one of my favorite areas. Again, it reminds me a lot of New Mexico oh, and yes. some of the areas yeah. there. But just uh, all the game that you have there, and, you know, the all dad, I mean, you run into everything, mule deer, antelope, it's, it's, uh, it's just really... Oh, it, it is. I, I, I love living in Texas. I don't think I'd want to live anywhere else. But that that part of Texas oh, is special. out of this world. Any part of Texas when the bucks are coming to rattling horn is <laughs> fantastic as well, too. But there's something to me that can continue, and obviously you now, that continuously draw you to the oh. high desert, as we're, like yes. we're talking about, yeah. with the big cactus and little animals and yeah. <laughs> all those kind you of know, good things. You know, but the thing we even touch on, uh, the other thing I really love, too, is when you go someplace like to Mexico for the, the cow's deer is the culture, the people, yes. the food. Yes. Uh, you know, that to me is so much a part of hunting that a lot of people don't appreciate is it's just 
it's incredible to kind of experience that. And uh, I fall in love with that as much as, as the hunting, you know, just getting to spend time with the people there. And that's something you've been able to do because you've been able to go different areas to, to yeah. really and to me, the culture is very important. I love the vegetation. I'll be walking around looking at the ground <laughs> sometimes instead of looking where I'd be looking for game out there, looking at vegetation, looking at flowers, yep. looking at, uh, you know, the shapes of leaves and, and right. you know, something that I'm familiar with or all the other kind of things. So, but that and then, like you said, just the culture, of the, the hunting culture in particular. Sure. Yeah. And uh, in these places, there's, there's so much sometimes somewhat different but so much the same in some ways but to be able to spend time with those people and really dig into their feelings to me is yeah. one of the fun things we get yeah, to do exactly talking about the coos or cows deer what gun do you normally carry out there oh something flat shooting <laughs> <laughs> true yes. long, long range you know i've taken a lot of different things 308 it's been a, a good you know standby and recent times i've taken the 65 prc yes uh, which I like that a lot, you know. Um, in fact, that that's most recently taking the 300 Win Mag, you know, a little overkill for those deer, but again for the flat shooting properties. No, no. But, to me, it's not, to me. There's no such thing as overkill yeah, to begin but, with. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that to me is the real key. That's the hunt. You should plan on it being a minimum of 300 yard shot. Yeah. It maybe four or 500 yards. If you get lucky, you might get a hundred yard <laughs> shot. But you know those canyons. You know you're most of the time going to be shooting across a canyon, right. and uh, so yeah, you got to think about practicing and being ready for those long range shots. I, I'm I'm one of these people that loves to shoot at steel plates at great ranges. Right. When it comes to hunting, my thrill comes into getting as close as I possibly can. Oh, absolutely. The reason I shoot at six and seven and eight and thousand hundred yards is so when I crawl within a hundred yards, I can precisely place the bullet. But with coos deer or cows deer, yeah. sometimes the, my biggest uh, cows deer shot not very far from where O'Connor hunted. Yeah. And the closest that we could get in any way, we looked at every possible way, and it was right at 800 yards. Yeah. And I was shooting a 30-06, but I happened to have shot that 30-06 at Tim Fallon's place uh, out to 1,000 yards. So I knew exactly what my dials up were right. and all that, and I ended up killing them. And that's probably the longest range game animal that I've ever shot and yeah. not that I would, if there was anywhere in the world to belly crawl closer I would have yeah. but it just wasn't same thing for me my longest shot has been on the, on the coast yeah. yeah and it was one I wanted really yeah. bad <laughs> <laughs> that was the other side yeah and Ted of course I've known Ted for a long long time and, and uh Ray Boone that he used to partner with. Ray was my cameraman for oh, a long okay. time. So Ray and I used okay. to go back, wow. go back a long way together, all the, the careers kind of thing. But, but uh, you touch on something there that makes me just think of, you know, I hunt with Ted quite often. Right. Here we're hunting with Wally Mack. And the reason I come back is when you find a good quality outfitter, uh, you know that everything's going to be buttoned up and taken care of. If there's an issue, they're already ahead of you. Yes. They're They're figuring out how to resolve it. And when you're out hunting, and particularly in some of these locations that are fairly remote, you've got to have you, a lot of faith in you, your you need that. outfitter. You, you need that. And, you're right. you know, there are a lot of good ones in this industry, but when you find a great one, I, I go back. Just, uh, you know? I, I, I tend to do the same way. Yeah. I, 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 because of what I did, I had to hunt with a lot of them, but there's yeah. always those that you go back to and every opportunity you get. And yeah. Having been here with this operation now and see how they do things and the people that they are and the area that they have is phenomenal. Right. Uh, this is going to be, I'll be back up here again one way or the other. Okay. 
<laughs> I've converted many a people yeah. to being uh, addicted can, to black bear hunting up here. <laughs> we can, were, we were laughing in the, on the drive back the other night, and I was with one of the sons, Sean. I said, how many people do you think total I've brought up here? Because you, you do the math. I haven't been, so almost almost 20 years. Uh, there were a couple of years that I missed, uh, you know, through right. COVID. Well, and, but but yes. for the most part, I'd say I've been at least... 15, 16 times, and on average, you know, six or seven people in right. camps. So that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, yeah. It's a lot of people, and of course, most of those have been writers who were yes. influencers in terms of other people right. coming looking for places to hunt. So yeah. if you look at it from that respect, there's no telling the total number yeah. that you've brought here directly or indirectly yeah. as well, too. Yeah. But I can see why. I mean, yeah. here you've got great bear. The, the stands are phenomenal. Right. I've sat in bear stands where... <laughs> I said one on. that was a board. On. Yeah, like a board between like two trees. I'm afraid it's going to go <laughs> yeah. down with me. And the yeah. stands that I've been in have just been out of this world good, too. You know, comfortable and their placement yeah. as well. And yeah. and they, they're they really good about replenishing their baits. And they they know where some of these bears are. They, they know too. the bears. I mean, you know, they, they really. They've studied them. They've been right in there with them every day. Like I said, they go in and they do their homework. So when they put you in the stand, they know there's a good chance that absolutely yeah, bears I, coming in. And it's I'm, probably going to be a good bear. I'm totally, totally <laughs> impressed with this operation and, of course, this area as well, too. And and the more that I've shot, you know, over the years, we, you know, I've talked about this. We've been friends for a long time. Yeah. And I was with this gun company or that gun company right. for a while. And finally had the opportunity to break free. And so the, who's the first person I was going to call? <laughs> this lady right here. That's right. <laughs> Finally, made, made my day. I, that phone call when you said, I don't have a gun company. I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> and it's a good one. <laughs> it, it's a good one. After having shot, I mean, I've shot all kinds of guns. Yes, but yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you that I have been selling some of my other guns so that I've got more room in my guns. <laughs> so, so I can get another one of these, another one of that one, another one of that one kind of thing. And I do a little bit of shotgun stuff, not a whole yeah. lot. But y'all also produce some extremely fine pistols as well, too. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, play pretty, with a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I have had quite a bit of experience with those, done a lot of tactical classes yes. and things with them, and um, just really pleased with our MC2 line. And one of the things, and for me, that's really been important, a couple, a couple of key things, it's really safe to take down and clean. Which is important, you, you know. Um, Even somebody like me can take one apart yeah, and put it back together again. Well, that's when I knew they had it right because, as far as my technical <laughs> skills, they're like limited. So when we have a gun that I can even I can break down, I know we've got a winner. But the other thing, again, goes back to the old age thing. I'd found with shooting pistols, you know, my eyesight. And, right. But every one of ours now are, have the optic cut and the receiver. I, I noticed that. I was looking through the catalog. I've not seen, had taken the time to look yeah. at the guns, but I dearly love that. And so directing that little micro dot optic right on the slide, you yes. get just, well, I'll tell you, it's kind of funny. I, I go out to uh, gun side a lot for training. Right. And I've done some pistol training and had the same instructor. And so I guess this was last year. I went back and I put a red dot on mine and. She very politely came up behind me and she's like, you've been practicing. You're really looking good. And I'm like, nope, nope. not the practice. I can finally see. <laughs> I can see what I'm shooting at. If only somebody told me like several years ago, all I needed to do was put a dot on my gun. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Miss Linda, at a later date, I want to come back. I want to talk some more about mutual friends, particularly like oh, Zumbo. And gosh, hopefully we that we can get him and another mutual friend of ours, Rick Lambert, who oh, I'd love claimed that. the fame is that he produced a very famous child. Yeah, he did a good job. He did his well, part in that. Miss <laughs> Bev, I think it's really, his, well, his wife is really, and, and if Absolutely. you listen to this, Miss Bev, we love you. We love you. <laughs> and Rick, you too, you know that. Same with old man Zumbo. Yeah. You know, one of the things I love about being in, in camp with Jim, there are many, many things. But when he's in camp, I'm not the oldest guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I was going to say I always invited Jim because he's an incredible cook. And I knew oh, we well, would eat well. <laughs> that, that, that's a big part of it as well, too. So hopefully we can reconvene this campfire with those characters. That would be and, great. Uh, we'll try to find a way to do that. If not, we'll get you down to Texas on a hunt or something. And then we've got a hunt coming up a little bit later on in, in uh, August that I am a, truly, truly looking forward I'm to. I'm looking forward to sharing that one with you because it's an experience you haven't had before. No, I have not. And we're going to leave it at that and we'll talk about that one a little bit later. Miss Linda, if somebody wants to get in touch with you or particularly, what's the easiest way to... Sounds stupid. So what's the easiest way to get in touch with Mossberg? Well, I mean, obviously, go to our website, Mossberg.com. Uh, very easy to track me down. It's, it's Linda Powell at Mossberg.com. So, uh, you know, reach out to us if you have questions about our products, uh, you know, or if you want to talk hunting, I'll be happy to do that as well. <laughs> yes, you will. Well, Miss Linda, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you. Afternoon, however these folks see it. I appreciate it. We got it. a little bit more time and camp together, and I, I'm already looking forward to the next one. Me too. Ladies and gentlemen, please join us right back here next week on DSC's Campfires with Larry Weissoon. Thank you so much for being with us. DSC's Campfires has also been brought to you by the Crown Bar in the Grange and Round Top, Texas, Texas Wildlife Association, Double Nickel Taxidermy, H3 White Till Solutions, and Burnham Brothers Game Calls.